Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, Buta, have a look at the guru, Gary Birkinshaw. Like, he looks like, he's, he's like a racehorse in a group one. <laughs> he's ready chomping, to go. Chomping at the bit for some airtime. He's frothing. He's uh, frothing at the mouth. Feel free to jump in, guru, whenever you like on Buta's analysis um, I like that they got Will Smith <laughs> off the bench uh, as an impact player. Still got SESA. Proctor and Jared Wallace as um, in their forward pack. So there's plenty of experience there. My concern is their spine, right? They're one, six, nine, uh, and seven. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to get them into the top eight. Uh, That's where I think they're going to struggle for season 2022. I also think the key to the Gold Coast is Fafita's got to be more involved. Uh, and you would have seen players like this right through your career where... Oh, mate, I, I see it with... Uh, what's the guy from Penrith? Uh, uh, what's his name? Kick-out. Kick-out, yeah. yeah. Viliami. Viliami. I was thinking of his last name, but his first name was Viliami. Yeah, but I think his work rate's better than Fafita. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, he's such a dominant player. Like, you know, imagine Fafita and, you know, go back a couple of years to how dominant... Um, <coughs> Jeez, I'm having a blank today. The guy, <laughs> the guy from the Cal- Tamalolo. Oh, do you want to think about a, how dominant Tamalolo was and his running yards and whatever else? If Fafita could get a work rate close to that, then suddenly I don't care whether he tackles or he doesn't tackle. Right? I want him to run with the ball because that's where he's most potent. I also saw games last year where Viliami Kikau, a lot of the time he didn't get the footy, but it's the role he plays in, on that left edge. Yep. With, with Penrith, where the line that he runs will draw in defenders. So it's sometimes it's what you do off the it's ball. It's what you do off the ball. And, I, you know, I talk to my Aussie players about this. is what you're doing off the ball. You create chances and opportunities by moving off the ball. And if you're doing that, especially a big body like Kikau, who is going to attract players, right? And Fafita is no different. Yeah, the, the guru will tell you uh, you can learn a lot from AFL. Like a, a, a strong lead from a player will drag several defenders away from the contest and then suddenly your best players can do their best work. That's right. You're right there, um, Steve. It's the hardest part as a player, and the good players do it really well, is running to position knowing you're not going to get the ball. Yeah. And everyone wants to be on the ball. So, But sometimes you're equally as important being that decoy runner, decoy lead, whatever it is, to actually knowing you're not going to get the ball is hard to do. The thing I found with Fafita, <coughs> pardon me, also Busey, last year towards the end, he just seemed to be wider and wider, out, out, out in the centres more so than playing yep. closer in the ruck, and, and that prevented him obviously getting the ball as well as much. I think the key for him is to try and isolate that spot player, the, you know, the... The outside back, the the five eight or the half back, and get at them, and, and that's going to be the case. Especially those one on one tackles, whether he goes through or not, that's irrelevant. The fact that they got to make a tackle in him one on one, and if they bring him down, that's great. He's going to get a quick play the ball each and every time. Well, the Gold Coast, they're my second team, obviously, because yep. hometown and. Yeah, they missed the finals last year. They finished eighth on twenty two points. A lot of people were talking about. Should there be a wild card in the NRL finals? Because the Gold Coast, at their best, they're an exciting team to watch, but they've got to be far more consistent. Okay. Who else have you got, Buttes? On that wild card thing, let me say this. There's 24 games that they played. They only won 10 of them. Okay? If you're not winning 50% of your games, you don't, 
deserve a wild card to get into the finals. That's I, how I see it. Yeah, I agree, Butes. I reckon the wild card round just rewards mediocrity. Yep. Yeah, good, good. 100%. All right, let's go. Uh, Panthers, no Burton, which is a big loss, I think. But Nathan Cleary, no doubt, is the key for them. You know, the reigning Clive, Hill, uh, Clive Churchill medalist, had a he's had a, probably an amazing two or three seasons, to be honest with you. Um, and... You know, he's had an amazing start to his career. Like, just phenomenal. The composure that he has, uh, how well he's been able to adjust and just manage a side. They're strong all across the park, the Panthers. You know, Toto on the wing. Uh, Luau, uh, uh, 5'8". The big forwards they got. We spoke about Kikau. Uh, the big front rower. Again, here we go. I'm going through names. The Kiwi front rower. Fisher Harris. Yeah, Fisher Harris. Like, what a freak he is. He's probably close to the best forward in the game at the moment. Um they're going to be really competitive. There's going to be a lot of excitement around the, uh, you know, at the foot of the mountains for that very reason. Definite top four finish for mine. Yeah, can, can they go back to back? That's the key That's question. That's the big question. And, and you know what? It's not an easy thing to do. We saw the Roosters do it a couple of years ago. Um, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't. Um, I know there's going to be plenty of teams who are going to be doing their best to stop them. But, yeah, they're going to be the hunted. There's no doubt about hey, that. Hey, Butes, we're running late for the news. You've yep. got 90 seconds to give us the okay, Roosters. Okay, the Roosters, always strong, well-coached and prepared by Trent Robinson. I think I like the way he goes about his business. A lot of pressure on Joseph Manu playing at 5'8", and Sam Walker in the halves, like I think. But you've also got – the good thing is Luke Keery is going to be coming back at some stage. We forget about him and, you know, how good he was some 12, 18 months ago. Uh, Teddy will be critical, of course. Uh, you know you're going to get eight and a half out of ten every week from him. Probably not as fearful as they've been in in the past, I believe. Um, but nevertheless, they're a well coached well coached side. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy season for them this year, the Roosters. But they're still. I think they're just going to scrape into the eight for mine. That's where I see them. I I know, I know they're well coached, but I just don't think they've got that presence as what they once had. Hey, boys, uh, just before we go to the news, uh, congratulations last week. So we saw, we mentioned earlier about the son of a gun. So we saw Nick O'Neilly. Yes. Jaron Purcell mm-hmm. uh, both get a run with the Newcastle Knights in the trial against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Last night, Sandon Smith. Now, I wanted to ask John Strange about Sandon Smith. This is another great story. Kim Kingcumber Colts Jr., and got a run in the trial last night against the West Tigers. So playing with the Sydney Roosters in 2022 and was on that New South Wales Rugby League pathway. So well done to Sandon Smith. Hey, Guru, uh, cricket's off, obviously. A washout this weekend, but we've got a T20 final that could take place tomorrow. Yeah, that's right, Steve. The uh, the weather guys certainly uh, put pay to any cricket today, uh, unfortunately. But tomorrow we've got our... Our T20 finals are on it at, out at Tugra. So if we get a break in the weather, we should be right to play that. The wicket's fine. Paul Dees has done a great job curating that. And obviously we know the top of the facility that Tugger is. So we should be right to get on there if we get a break in the weather. And should be a good game. We've got Southern Spirit taking on Northern Power. And Southern Spirit, they've certainly been probably one of the big improvers this year. They've, uh, they're under the tutelage of Simon Blake, they've actually come along and in the T20 competition, they've picked up a couple of very good handy marquee players in Liam O'Farrell and Craig de Blasio. There are a couple of local juniors who now apply their trade down in Sydney playing first-grade cricket down there. So under the local rules, you can bring back two marquee players and, and they've actually come back and been really influential in Southern Spirit's form. Well, what are some of the numbers with O'Farrell? Because I believe uh, the Honourable Liesl Tesh mentioned him in State Parliament. Yeah, look, he's... Uh, so he, he's playing for Mossman down in, in Sydney Premier Grade Cricket. So he was actually the leading run scorer in the second grade competition leading up to Christmas. And now he's actually been promoted into, into the first grade competition. So he's doing really well there. 
Um, he's, he's the second leading run scorer in the competition, opening the bat. So he's, he's done very, very well. nice and aggressive opening bat. So that that is massive. Uh, I mean, to play in Sydney and be a leading run scorer in any grade is is something you should be very proud of. What about De Blasio, left-hand spinner? Yeah, he's a left-arm spinner. Um, he's down playing in the Sydney Cricket Club. He actually played in um, in their Premiership winning side last year, so he's actually really, really done well. Comes back, and uh, he's a fantastic story. As did a junior here, went down to Sydney fairly young, and he's had to actually work his way up through down in fourth grade through third grade, and he's kept some pretty good spinners out down in Sydney. So he comes back, he picks up his two or three wickets every week here, and a pretty handy middle-order bat as well. Yeah, how many players would we have without throwing you under the bus? How many players in Sydney? Um, I mean, is it like other codes where our best players aren't playing on the coast? Um, yeah, we probably don't lose as many as what we used to. The pathways now got so tough to actually get right through to play for New South Wales. And, and the, the point being is you, you go down and play Premier Cricket, but a lot of the good players, the state players, and even to a certain degree, the state second eleven players don't play in the Premier competition anymore. So it really... When you used to go down and play first grade of Premier Cricket, it, was, it still is, don't get me wrong, it still is quite an achievement, but you used to be up playing against potential test cricketers, yeah. and that yeah. doesn't quite happen now. This is that. So, we talked about the saturation of cricket, right, and how much they're playing. So you're right, back in the day, the test players would play Sheffield yeah. Shield, they'd play local, you, local cricket. You'd go out to Bankstown and you'd face... You'd see uh, Steve War. Th- you'd Mark play War. all three War brothers. Yeah, yeah. but, but even, even now, though, it just gets to the stage where... Under the pathway system, and especially the, the quick bowls, it's all about the resting policy and the you know, and you've got to, you've got to rest. You can only bowl so many days. So even if you're an under nineteen state player, you're told that you can't play cricket this Saturday because you bowl ten overs during the week. And so even the best underage cricketers don't play every Saturday. It's just once you get in the talent pool, you're really Great cricket's just shoved to the side, and you can play great cricket if you want to. And it's the talent you play. The talent. Please tell me they're please tell me they're bowling more than ten overs a week or something like that. Yeah, you, you don't you, look happy, Butes. No, no I'm not right. happy. It's ridiculous. You know what? We're so precious with these kids about what they should or shouldn't be playing, right? And, and it just does my head in. You know what? And this is you know come back to about Hayden Smith and that resilience that he's been able to build up over years and years of playing and competing, right? And pushing his body. You know what? He's reaping the rewards right now because, you know what? Again, don't get me wrong, guys. Well, it just does my head in about we're so protective of these kids. Let hey, them we play. Po- we poked we, the bear this morning. Well, you you got to love this though, Butes. Okay, so <laughs> so if you go away to a four-day carnival, okay, and you're you're and you don't have to be a fast bowler. If you bowl medium pace, if you bowl something where the keeper stands back, out of those four days. You can bowl three days, a maximum of 10 overs for three days, oh, and you've dear, got to have right, one dear. day off. Cannot bowl three days in a row. And that's if, if you, and that may be, you bowl four overs. You, and I mean, you, that's, you're that's done. It, that that's count. it. That counts. Yeah, that counts. It, oh, it is just, the, and, and then during the week, it's, a, it's about a limit of about 45 balls a week you're allowed to bowl in the nets. Yeah. Sorry. 45 balls in the nets. Like, <laughs> even, at, even at the elite level, Buttes, your elite level, and so my son went down, he bowled in the, in the nets for Australia as a net bowler a few years back now. And this is when Mitch Johnson was bowling and, and George Bailey was still playing. And Mitch, jo- and it's still be the same now, is Mitch Johnson for that training session was allowed to bowl 18 balls. That was it. That was it. So George Bailey's batting. Mitch Johnson was knocking him over for fun. And George Bailey's just gone and said, Mitch, bugger off. You've bowled your 18 balls. Now get the hell out of my net. And that's, and that's the point. And that's where you had Glenn McGrath who says he just wanted to bowl, 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 bowl because that's how he got his... That's how he got his fitness, got his rhythm, and yeah. and everything. But now it's it, they're all on these, uh, they're, they're all on these rotations and rest. Do we wonder why the players, when they do get put in situations where they've got to go back to back to back, 
why they actually start breaking down because they're actually bodies not used to yeah. coping with that stuff. I know that you know you're talking about you know uh, injury management. I get all that, but you've also got to build up some sort of base that if they do get pushed to a level that they're able to get through that and cope with it. And the other thing is, Bruce, and I agree, I agree wholeheartedly with you, is that, is that when you bowl, it's an, one of the most unusual body motion Movement, that yeah, you, yeah. You, don't, you don't actually replicate that in any, any part of life. Yep. So it's about getting the, you know, getting the rhythm, getting used to it, getting the repetition through the body, the, you know, the muscle memory and all that, that stuff happening. And the only way to do that is through repetition of doing it yeah. in a game. But... It, it, does, well, it doesn't work. Well, we spoke about water polo earlier. You look at the action when they shoot. And, you know, they're shooting at, you know, probably over 100 kilometres an hour. And so Corey's always, and I mean always at the osteopath, like, uh, like otherwise getting a massage, yep. uh, because it's an action that is taxing on the body. Hey, Guru, so are you confident the game will go ahead tomorrow? I mean, uh, we've had more rain today, so uh, there's also the Glen Rowland Shield final. Yeah, that's right. Unless it's raining tomorrow, I'm confident that we will play. So first of all, we've got the Glen Rowland Shield, which is our development competition, um, which is primarily an under-21s competition. You're allowed three over-age players to, to help out along with that. So you've got King Cumber playing the entrance to powerhouse sides in this competition over the years and they've got uh, more than a sprinkling of first grade cricketers in in this game so that this game will be equally as is as big as what the the um, the main competition will be and they can have three overage players three overage players yes yeah yeah and also mate uh, so this weekend in two-day cricket a washout that means that six into four doesn't go next weekend and the top two play each other but one of those teams could go out. I mean, that's how tight the two-day competition is. Exactly right. And the interesting point is because today's been washed out. So next week goes back to just playing over one day. But they actually play by the two-day rule still. So it comes back. You can still get draws and, uh. and there's massive swing in, in points-wise playing by playing under the two-day rule. So you're right there. King Cumber playing Terrigal. And particularly Terrigal, if they get beat, they'll go from second to out of the, out of the finals. Yeah. Hey, uh, good to hear that Simon Blake is back actively, uh, I think, around about 20 years ago, Butte. Simon Blake used to mm-hmm. join us on our Saturday morning sports show on two, uh, 2GO. He was good, too. Oh, I remember yeah. Simon Fantastic. Blakey, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ran Sports Coast trophies. Yeah, not, as good as, not as good as a guru. guru. Oh, I'd been the guru. Yeah. 